Assad Black, alpha protector and leader of the Black Mayhem Mafia, does whatever it takes to keep his family safe. When he meets Scarlett Graham, he extends her the same grace, winning her in a poker game to secure her freedom. Assad doesn't expect having her in his possession to open a rabbit hole of problems for him, his family, or his business. Used to being used and abused by the men in her life, Scarlett finds it hard to accept Assad's help as genuine. As she waits for the day he reveals what she considers to be his true colors, Scarlett unwillingly falls for the beast of a man who sees beyond her beauty. Just when she thinks it's safe to open up to a man for the first time in what feels like forever, her past comes back to haunt her, putting their lives and everyone attached to them in jeopardy. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back. Today's book is called In His Possession, Bought by a Mafia Prince by B-Love. I've talked about B-Love before. I love her books. They are usually short stories that involve happily ever afters. But as far as me, like the other stories that I've read by her, this is different. This is a dark romance. And when you first open the book, she does provide trigger warnings to let you know that the book talks about um, sexual assault, self-harm, and sexual abuse. So, you know, if these are triggers for anyone, then I would sincerely advise that you know, close out and don't listen to the rest of this episode because I'm going to be talking in depth about those scenes just because they are like so it's crazy but yeah I just want to give a warning that she provides a warning as well and we're going to get right into it so the book starts off with Scarlett Scarlett is a young woman who is described as being a guy named Malcolm's possession and like basically his slave and she is left alone with this guy named Brick who Malcolm wants to do business with and he basically tells her you know like do whatever you have to do to get him to agree to come work with me and so after he leaves she turns to the guy Brick and says or asking, was I able to say anything to convince you to partner with us? And he shakes his head no, but starts walking over to her, excuse me, and, you know, is touching her, and she's like, um, and he tells her, that I don't think there's anything you can say to change my mind, but there is something that you can do. And every time she tries to talk, and um back away from him you know he is forcing himself on her and telling her to shut up and so after the act the act I'm sorry after the abuse is over um and she makes it back to they call it the compound or like their her quote-unquote home Malcolm comes in and says you know did you close the deal like and I'm not understanding okay because here's another thing he's described as 
as being obsessed with her. And if you're obsessed with somebody and don't want anybody around them to touch them, anything like that, like, why would you leave her alone in a room with somebody else? But while she's in the tub, you know, like, scrubbing herself, because, of course, like, we don't even need to get into that, um, there's marks on her face. So he's looking at her like, you know, what the fuck happened to your face? And it's like, she tells him he forced himself on me. And honestly, I almost stopped reading the book right here, but... I I kept on going because I love B-Love so much, but this shit, because he looks at her and says, you gave another man what belongs to me. Like, she literally just said he forced himself on me. So how do you take forced as her giving it away? And I know what it's stemming from, and I got upset with that alone. So it's like, basically, you're saying that she asked for it. And she willingly has sex with this person when she just told you that he forced himself on her. And so she explains it again and tells him not by choice. I tried to fight him off, but he overpowered me. And still, he says, what part of you only do what I allow you to do with men do you not understand? And it's like, what part of rape are you not understanding? She has used the word forced, overpowered, like what's not to be understood. And with this being somebody that you are obsessed with, why are you trying to make it seem like she's a whore? That, I don't know. And it's like, usually I love B-Love's writing, but I don't think obsessed is the word that should be used here because being obsessed with somebody, I don't think you would do this. Like you wouldn't want to use them in this way and you know like have them out there like that but you know whatever and so she tells him again like you know I told him no but he said he wouldn't agree to your terms unless I had sex with him I tried to fight him off but he was too strong so finally then he adds he raped you like yes I've had to explain that to you three different times now um And so the next day he sets up a meeting with Brick while they're outside and um, tells him, you know, why would you think that you could have sex with her? And at what point did I tell you that you could have sex with her? And it's like, it's, it's not sex. It's sexual assault. Like, cause when you say have sex with, it's like, they're not having sex together. He is assaulting her. She is not a willing participant of this act. And this nigga says with a straight face, I thought you were offering her to me. And he asks, you know, did she say no? And he says, well, yes. And it's like, not even gonna lie. At first, like before the assault happens, I could see how he would think that because it's like if we're all in a room together and then you just slide on out the room, leaving them two together and she turns to him like with the flirty smile, you could assume something. But even with assuming, as soon as she said no, that was it. 
you should have backed off should nothing else happen and then he also said brick the guy brick he says my apologies i thought that was part of the deal and then he claims that she was wet so he thought she enjoyed it and was just playing hard to get but if I overstepped, I do apologize. What do you mean if you overstepped? She said no. So of course you overstepped and you sexually assaulted her. And Malcolm turns to Scarlett saying, you know, do you accept his apology? And I'm like, what? What the? Pull over. Like, what are we saying here? And of course she says no. But if Malcolm want to work with him she really has no choice because she doesn't have a say so in things like Malcolm controls her and has guards like watching her at every step so she can't go anywhere do anything without him knowing about it because they report back to Malcolm and let him know everything but he tells his guards you know don't let him make it back to his car take him to the dungeon and when uh, Scarlett and Malcolm get to the dungeon, Brick is barely alive. And Malcolm has one of his guards, like, hand him a gun and tries to give it to Scarlett. And she's, like, shaking her head no. Like, I'm not about to kill him. I don't want no part in this. I really don't ever want to see him again. But Malcolm puts the gun in her hand with his hands on top of hers and turns her towards him. And basically is forcing her to shoot him and kill him. And to keep her in check, to not try to run away, he has the gun like locked up in a safe and tells her, you know, if you ever try to run away from me, I'm going to turn this gun into the police and everybody that's on this gun is going to come back to you. So that keeps her in place as well. But she is also the one thing that's keeping him alive because him kidnapping her and having her with him somehow brings a uh, um, like a peace between her I mean him and her ex-husband I'm sorry she was married to somebody named Robert who is in a beef with Malcolm and so because Malcolm has her Robert is willing to let Malcolm live so Malcolm of course does not want to let Scarlett out of his sight at all and so she's at the mall just shopping or whatever and like every little move she makes she knows like one of the guards and he's just watching everything and it's like if somebody talks for her for too long this guy is on the phone like reporting back to Malcolm and I'm like see that's another thing like abusers like he who shall not be named the only reason why he got away with that shit for so long is because he had people condoning his actions and helping him out like them niggas who claim to be guards they see what Malcolm is doing to Scarlett and as long as they getting paid they not doing anything to help her and they're not going to so then we are introduced no okay before I go on to that so after she you know comes back from the mall Malcolm wants to have sex with her and you know she forces herself to do it to play this role as if she's attracted to him 
which, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm victim blaming, and I say that a lot, but I just try to look at it from other angles because it's like, if you know that you are the only thing that's keeping him alive, I would think, but I don't know, like, shouldn't you be able to, like, use that to your advantage? Like, nigga, you can't kill me. You know, you can't do nothing to me because I'm what's keeping you alive. So we're going to have some uh, some ground rules here of what, you know, I go through just to be with you. Because at some point, it's just like, do you want to force yourself to do this and pretend as if you like this man or follow his rules instead of going back to your husband? But the ex-husband, Robert, is abusive or was abusive to her so she feels like what she's doing now is better than what she used to go through and I'm just like I don't know but I guess Malcolm is the lesser of two evils and it's like can you even say that because Malcolm knows that she was just raped the night before and Okay, I say give or take a day. But anyway, it's too soon. I'll say a day. So it's just like maybe two days ago, she was just raped. And now it's two days later and she comes back from the mall and you tell her you need to bust a nut. Like, make that make sense. Like, this woman was just attacked. She should not have to be doing anything sexual with you right now. But anyway, so then we are introduced to Asad who is the boss of the Black Mayhem Mafia. Now, they are one out of five families of the Mafia. And Assad is the head of the family. Now, the Black Mayhem, like, they're um, brought together by two families. So you have the Black family and the Mayhem family. And this family was made up of their grandfathers. And at one point, Assad's uh, father was the head of their um, their family, but he had to leave and is hiding out in Cuba. But before he, you know, had to do that, he made six kids, um, I think by three different women. So it's like two for each woman. So Assad has a younger a younger brother, Hassan. And then there's Savant and um what is the girl's name? Like the mustard. Dijon. Dijon. Um so those four, they still live in the city of Memphis. So you know they're close. I don't know about the other two kids. Um Assad is going to visit his mother for her birthday. Now, his mother, she has a condition where she just cleans all the time. She has these bright-ass lights in her home where um, they're so bright because she claims that it'll help her see the germs and stuff. And he... Assad thinks this is brought on by his father. Like, of course, the obsessive disorder was always in her. But after dealing with his father, it really brought it out of her. Like, chasing him around, trying to lock him down. 
thinking that if she loves him enough and has sex with him enough, he'll change for her. And when that didn't happen, she turned into this, like cleaning all day, every day, not stopping to do anything else. And she was also a drug addict. Like, it's so much going on in this book, child. Um, She's also a drug addict. But she got clean when she had him. And, you know, aside, he just wants to love his mother. He knows that she's fucked up and even abused him as a child. But basically, like, he's pushing all that to the side because it's his mother and he knew that she couldn't help it and he's going to take care of her. So when he goes to talk to Hassan, you know, trying to tell him, about it like she wouldn't even stop cleaning to eat a slice of cake with me on her birthday Hassan is like I don't even know why you went over there like basically you know that motherfucker crazy like what is your purpose and going over there and even talking to her or trying to talk to her and he's like you know if she ain't cleaning something that don't need to be clean she's organizing our planet or doing something so she doesn't have to be a part of the real world which is so irritating and Assad doesn't understand why Hassan is so upset because Assad is the one who dealt with the brunt of her abuse, neglect, and drugs when they were kids. And I thought that was very selfish because he's like, you know, you didn't have to deal. His way of thinking is you didn't have to deal with that idea. I took that abuse so she wouldn't do anything to you. So like, what are you mad about? But it's like, okay, as your younger sibling, I'm watching what she does to you. So why would you think I would not be upset on your behalf and wanting to protect you and mad that she did that to you? Like, make that make sense. Okay. And Assad's story is that he has a young daughter who, what is her name? Her name is Maria. He had with a woman by the name of Jessica. Jessica moved out of state after finding out that Assad was cheating on her. She just couldn't take it. And her way of thinking was if she moved out of state and didn't have to see him every day, you know, she could fall out of love with him and they could just have a co-parenting relationship which, you know, he agrees to. And because he's in the mafia, of course, he can't be around all day, every day. So he just sees his daughter when he can't, when he can. And, you know, like they're having a nice relationship that way. So when he goes to see her and it's like every time they're around each other, those old feelings come right back. So it's like her moving out of state really didn't do anything and she's also still really upset because he tells her something like you know you need to come back home and we can make this all work out I'm sorry for doing that but you my whole world and she's like no which I don't blame her because it's just like if I was your whole world and you claim to love me like you say why would you cheat on me? Like, it, it cannot be both ways because the argument that men always try to create 
and that some women like pour into is when a man cheats it's just physical he's not really thinking about it he don't care about the girl or person that he's cheating with whatsoever but when a woman's when a woman cheats it's an emotional connection and you know basically she's ready to leave you to be with this person if she's gonna have sex with them and it's like that's not true just like you can cheat just for the hell of it so can a woman like so why do I have to come back to you and put up with that because he swears up and down it's not gonna happen again but it's like it really shouldn't have happened the first time and she does not want to put up with a cheater so really he is still like stuck on his baby mama but that relationship isn't going anywhere so they just doing like a back and forth thing until he finds out that she is pregnant and in a relationship with somebody else does he really try to I guess move on because he's still out here fucking other women but it's like but you swear like if you could get back with your baby mama you would be a one woman man but you out fucking any and everybody so he really in his feelings about that and right after that he sees Scarlett and you know their eyes meet and it's just like basically soulmates seeing each other but of course her being under Malcolm's control nothing can happen like they can't talk to each other nothing like that until the Black Mayhem Mafia shows up to Malcolm's compound as they know it to be and she has to serve uh serve their section now Scarlett also has I guess what you would call a best friend her name is Vanna and you know they're really close and at one point Vanna was dating Malcolm but you know when Scarlett came he basically like threw her to the wayside which I find so crazy and at some point, because she refused to do something that Malcolm wanted, he sexually assaulted her, which was opening her legs. Oh my God. Oof. Please brace yourself for this. And um, he brought a girl into the bedroom and woke Scarlett up basically telling her you know teach her what I like and so she got down on her knees like and gave him head and then after that he wanted to have sex so she claimed to be spotting and when he tried to take her panties off saying you know I'm a grown man I don't care about no blood he doesn't see anything so he's like you know really upset that she lied to him so like I said he opens her legs and starts punching her in the vagina to you know like he's saying so you said you're bleeding I'm gonna make you bleed and then he also puts his fist inside of her oh my god you know like oh my god I don't know like some people like to write that type of stuff you have to be in a dark place and it's like reading it really messed me up oh like just thinking about it like why that is so evil 
But she runs into Assad like a few more times and he notices things about her and saying, you know, like, how did you get caught up with somebody like Malcolm? So she tells him the story, like runs it down to him. And he says that he can help her out. You know, if she wants out, he can get her out now. All she's known is Robert and Malcolm and like a few other men either before. Yeah, it has to be before and before that. So she doesn't know how powerful the Black Mayhem family is. And she's like, you know, no, nobody can help me. Uh, I just have to deal with this on my own. Now, also in between that, Assad and Hassan's brother Savant is getting out along with Remy who is a mayhem so he's part of the mayhem family they're both getting out after seven years of what was supposed to be a life sentence because the um like the head of another boss family like Hassan was messing around with the daughter even though the man told him not to so when he found out he like basically said that Hassan was dead and in broad daylight uh Savant and Remy shot and killed the man and went to jail but because it's the mafia and they got good lawyers they managed to only get that to seven years so Savant get out getting right into some bullshit and you know they try to keep him away from it because it's like we not trying to get you uh caught up in no mess but he's like you know fuck it y'all my family we down for whatever um so they what do they do she go okay this is how it is I forgot because it's like it's so much and trying to cram it into like a short amount of time so the thing with uh we going back to Scarlett Robert and Malcolm are actually twin brothers, but you wouldn't know because they've had such a long standing rivalry with each other. Nobody even knows like they're related or anything like that. And um, so what happens is after she gets away from Malcolm, Assad made a deal with Robert for him not to kill Malcolm, you know, like with or without her. And Robert basically says, okay, but she has to come back to me. So they set it up to where she didn't have to, but he, Robert kills Malcolm anyway. And so Assad tells her, you know, you're not going anywhere. You're staying here with me. Because Robert can't stand on his word because he promised that he wouldn't kill Malcolm and he did it anyway. So I can't trust him. Um, So, but then he tells her the one way we can end all of this is if you do go back with him, but it'll only be for a night. And, you know, like you have to kill him. And after that, it'll be all over because, you know, both of them are dead. And... In between this time, like, them two getting to know each other, they're kissing, but saying, you know, like, they're not in a relationship, calling each other babe and honey and all, like, basically doing stuff that couples do while saying that they are not a couple because they both acknowledge 
acknowledge that they have things that they need to work on, but they're still so drawn to each other. So anyway, um, Asad drops her off to Robert and, you know, she has to play her role and um, she cooks dinner and slips something into his drink. So by the end of the night, it looks to be just like a heart attack that he had and he dies. And she gets to go back with Assad. Now, she's finally free and clear. And he asks her, you know, like, so what do you want to do? Like, what does this mean for you? And she says she wants to find her dad's side of the family because her father was in her life, but he died. Um at a young age so that like really messed up her life and she's been trying to find him in men and basically been getting all these fucked up men um so he sets that up for her he um finds her grand yeah her grandmother and other family members and she decides that she's gonna take off and um go meet with them and try to figure out the story of why nobody has gotten in contact with her or tried to find her or things like that. But it's really awful. Well, I shouldn't say awful, but it's bad for them because they're really feeling each other, but they feel like this is what she needs to do. So they're going to do it. And like I said, they was doing all things that couples do. And, um, thought that there was a possibility she could get pregnant, but she, no, she asked him, did he want kids? And he said, maybe more kids. I'm sorry. Cause he does have a daughter. Um, does he want to have more kids? And he says, maybe. And she lets him know that she might not be able to have kids because when she was with Robert, cause, um, this story, it's very much present flashback, present flash, uh, flashback. Um, when she was with Robert, he was also obsessed with her that he didn't want to share her with anyone else, like not even a child. So when she would get pregnant, he would force her to have an abortion. And one time, like she didn't even tell him that she was pregnant you know, trying to hide the pregnancy. And when he did find out, he beat that baby out of her. Um, And then all that time she was with Malcolm, I think two years, they were having unprotected sex, but she did not get pregnant. So she just thought she would um, no longer be able to have children. So while she's off on her journey, it's like a couple months, she comes back with a belly she's pregnant and when he opens the door at first he's kind of pissed because I guess he's thinking like she don't went off and had sex with another nigga now she about to tell me that she pregnant but she lets him know like no this is your baby and we can co-parent if you want but I would like to be with you and so, of course, that's all he needs to hear. And they together. He was like a sad little puppy uh, the whole time she was gone. Because he didn't want her to leave in the first place. Um, but, oh, I forgot to mention. While she is pregnant and engaged, 
Jessica, his baby mama, was like real upset when she found out that um he was helping Scarlet out. Yeah, it's just like she like um because I'm gonna assume because he wasn't paying her attention anymore. She was like, you know, who was the girl that got you not sweating me? And um, he like, what you mean? It ain't nobody. I'm just trying to respect the fact that you are engaged and you about to have another baby. So, you know, like I'm uh, I'm off you. And she like, no, I got to be another bitch. And when she finds out about Scarlett, she gets in her feelings like, you know, why couldn't you be that way for me when we were together? And um, he lets her know, like, you know, I'm not saying what I did to you was right, but I'm trying to be better for this new person. So it's just like what we had, we can't have no more. And basically you just got to chalk it up. And it's like, didn't you were the one who said that you didn't want to do this anymore and that you were moving on. And it's basically like, I think she didn't want him anyway. She just didn't want nobody else to have him. So it's like, as long as he was out being a little thought bopping and it seemed like she was doing better than him and taking something serious, she was okay. But when it seemed like he had a girlfriend that was moving on from her, she was on that bullshit. Like she wouldn't let uh him FaceTime Maria no more because they had a late night thing where he would get on FaceTime with her and they would watch Spongebob until she went to sleep. And so, like I said, when she found out about Scarlett, all of a sudden it's, oh, Mike doesn't think it's appropriate that you call so late to FaceTime. But it's like, if I'm calling, like, specifically to FaceTime with my daughter, like, me and you don't even speak, that, it don't even matter about that. Like, that's my fucking child. And if y'all feel that way about it, then I'll buy my daughter a phone and I will like I'll go straight through her I don't have to talk to you because that would only be the reason why Mike would want to say something about it because he's feel like he feels like it's late why is he calling so late it's like don't nobody want her when I had her basically I fuck <laughs> no let me not say that but it's just like do anybody trying to call to talk to her and you ain't gonna tell me what I'm gonna do with my daughter and um Asai told her that, like, do you like this man? Do you want him to be around for your uh, kid? Because I can make it happen where he not tell him, don't fuck with me and my baby. So, yeah, that's their story. They end up together somewhat, or I guess because she's pregnant, they're officially a couple now. It doesn't really specify. It's like the way the book ends is her knocking at the door saying, I'm pregnant. I love you. But if you don't want to be with me or if you found somebody else, we can co-parent, no problem. And he pulls her in while giving her a deep kiss. And for what it's worth, because I know I was stumbling like all over the place and all over my words, it's a it's a deep book. Because I don't want to say good, because I feel like if I say good, then that means like all the dark parts I really enjoyed and I didn't. But I read them to get through the story so all in all I did enjoy 
the ending, the love parts. Let me say that because the dark parts are dark. Um, but yeah, come back for next week and I will be discussing part two because this is a five part series, but, um, the first four are out, but the fifth one hasn't been released yet. Actually, I don't think it's going to be released till November 1st, but let's see. Actually, this series should take us to the end of the month. So it'll be like right on time, I think. And Siobhan is coming out with uh, part three of King and Queen of the Hood. So um, I might be able to work that in as well. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed my review. And I'll see you next time. Peace and blessings.